0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Mob Mentality Podcast. And we decided to go live today. And I have Gina Mundy with me and she is a very successful best-selling author. And she has been an attorney for over 21 years in a very special type of attorney. She works with childbirth cases. So this is gonna be a must listen for moms that you are expecting or you are planning to get pregnant. Because this is a very heavy topic and something that I don't believe has enough attention. Something I personally didn't know about or plan for. So I wish I had this information. I know you are going to be so happy that you were tuning in and getting this information. And if you're also a professional that is in a high stress job, I think this is going to be especially special for you as well on how she navigates taking care of herself whenever you have to deal with really heavy topics every single day so welcome gina thank you so much for being here with us today
1: uh, thank you sasha i am so excited to be here and for uh at least the next half hour to talk about the uh the book and what i do and hopefully try to help some expecting moms or even just help if if you know a mom that's going to be expecting or is expecting um i think this is for a lot of a lot
0: of different people so i'm excited I agree with you there. So if you wouldn't mind, let's jump right in and just talk a little bit about your background and why you also wrote this book. Sure. So like
1: you said, I've been an attorney for over 20 years, and I'm an attorney that specializes in childbirth cases. So basically, when something goes wrong during childbirth, and it could be due to a complication, a mistake. But something happens where baby is not born healthy. Um, Unfortunately, in some cases, baby's not born alive or passes soon after childbirth. And in some very sad cases I've had, I have moms that have not made it through childbirth. So the families will bring a lawsuit against the hospital. And I am one of the attorneys then on the case Um, right now, or I do the last 20 something years as I represent the hospital's. The doctors, the nurses, the midwives—anybody who's on the, the delivery team uh, as you know we work together to try to figure out you know what happened, um, and then that comes into um, how I came up then with my book. So I've done this; I have traveled the country uh, more than once. I've been to almost every single state, meeting with these delivery teams and hashing out every aspect of labor and delivery. Um, every decision that has to be made, the good decisions, maybe the bad decisions. Um, I've met with all these doctors in the different hospital systems. Um and then not only that, there's the litigation aspect, which is all of the depositions, the cross exams, the medical research, the you know, the, the probably the more stre- what you would call a more stressful part of my part of my job. So since I've a I have, topic. Yeah. So since I've been doing this for so long and I've seen all of these mistakes I've seen the complications I've seen what can go wrong um I wrote a book to expecting parents um but I will say a big reader of my book are, are the grandmas that are expecting because they want they want their healthy grandkid <laughs> so,
0: I can see that
1: oh so, yeah sure. I've been getting a lot of grandmas are leaving reviews reaching out they are just loving this book. Um, because you know, they want to protect their daughter or son yes. or seem to be grandchild. Um, so I wrote this book to help prevent these mistakes, prevent the complications, make sure we have some more healthy babies. So basically, I'm still a childbirth attorney. I currently have cases. Um, but instead of only being involved after a mistake or complication, I'm now trying to be involved before childbirth in hopes we can prevent these complications, prevent these mistakes, and we can have more, more healthy babies. That's all I want. So that's, that's the gist. Um, and then I have a couple of older daughters now. Well, I they're not too old, but 19 and 15. Um, so um, before I started writing the book, um, the thought of me not being, or as they've aged, um, thought of me and, and me as I've aged, uh, thought of me not being around for the birth of my grandkids. Listen, not this something's happened to me. I could hopefully, you know, life is going great. Be on exotic island, no internet, and <laughs> go in early labor, whatever the reason. I, I plan on being here alive, but maybe I'll be on a nice exotic island. I want to prepare my children with what I know, what I've learned over these 20 years, because mm-hmm. I do know a lot of what's gone wrong. Um, you know, it shouldn't have. And unfortunately when it does, you know, these, these families sometimes are just one decision away from a healthy baby. And sometimes it's just mere minutes. It's just, they're just, they're so close. So, you know, I, I wrote a lot of that, a lot of that's in the book and, mm. um, so, yeah, so I wrote it, and then I, of course, I wrote it for my kids. So not only did I write everything I know, but then I always have my practical tips on how to make sure you know how they need to implement this, uh, you know, whatever aspect of childbirth, or whatever I'm talking about in the book.
0: That's what I want to hear, too, is this is such a I love that you're trying to be proactive, and it's like you have this wealth of information that so many people don't have, or it's just such an exciting time. It's like you're pregnant. You feel really great. You know, it's like you're excited to welcome this new baby in the world. And like your mind doesn't even go to, and we don't want our mind to go to, you know, the potential of tragedy happening. And so I just love that you're able to be proactive and preventing as much as we can and how, having a safe childbirth. So, what are some of those tips that are in the book that if someone is expecting or planning to get pregnant? Right now, it's like they're leading up to the the weeks until they're going to deliver. They haven't done it yet. What would you tell them to make sure they have in place?
1: Okay. That's a pretty loaded question. I know. But number one, number one is definitely the book. So Mm -hmm. what I did in chapter one of the book is I took the top 13 lessons that, that I've learned from these baby cases, whether it was a lesson from the family. Actually, the first lesson is from the family. It's like, listen, you have to have a basic understanding of labor and delivery. You have to have a basic understanding of certain basic facts. Because if you do, you can make those better decisions. So because unfortunately, when you go in and you don't know anything, it really leaves you in this vulnerable state. So before. Lesson one, you know, learning, learning about labor and delivery for a number of reasons. Um, but that, that is huge. So chapter, so it's less, so it's chapter one without the lesson. So technically chapter two are your basics, but they're the basics. See, this is where it's not an ordinary pregnancy book. This is not your conventional pregnancy book. Your basics that you are going to learn from reading my book is the foundation that I have built over the last 20, 21, almost 20, I mean, I like 21 years basically right now, um, but I'm not used to saying that yet. So for the last 21 years, this is the foundation of knowledge I have built. But not only that, when I look at a legal baby case, these are the facts that in my head I'm using to figure out, okay, what happened? What went wrong? What should have been done different? These These are the facts that everybody should know. So, okay. and not only that, these are the facts if I'm talking to a mom, which happens a lot. I get if you read the book, you'll see I get my text messages, my phone calls from labor and delivery all the time. Those are always the happy endings in the book, which is great. Um but those, again, when I'm talking to a mom, those are the facts that I rely on when I'm telling them about risks, or I'm telling them about, here are your options, these are the benefits, um, whatever I'm saying at that point, And listen, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a medical person. When I'm talking to my moms, it's usually a family member or a really good friend. And it's always like, if it was me, you know, type. Yeah. D- I'm not a medical doctor by any means, even though my whole life, professional life is labor and delivery. Um, But learning learning about labor and delivery helps you make better decisions it gives you a heightened sense of awareness it'll help activate your intuition it'll streamline communication with your delivery team unfortunately this is a lesson that we had to learn from the families because each of those families when they walked into labor and delivery they they didn't have this basic
0: knowledge mm-hmm.
1: and um, you know it just leaves them in a spot where it's hard it's hard to make good decisions when you don't know what you don't know So the book goes through, and I won't go through each lesson, Um, the book goes through the top 13 lessons. Then each chapter then is another lesson. So the other chapter that is very specific to my book, and I'm assuming this is information that's not even out there anywhere else. I don't know. There's only a very, (laughs) there's only very few childbirth attorneys um, that, you know, this is all we do. Um, So I've been able then to look at these cases um, and analyze them. But it was pretty early in my career when I started noticing that the issues and the facts, there were common issues and common facts in these cases. So what I did in chapter 11, I laid out the common issues and the common facts in baby cases, top 10. Number one, most common fact, most common issue in a legal baby case Pitocin. Pitocin is in every single one of my, I shouldn't say every single one. Almost all of wow. my cases involve Pitocin. If you're getting a labor induction, this is very important. Mistakes and in inductions can go hand in hand. You have to know this as a parent.
0: So and I think this happens. So many people have scheduled births now
1: that mm-hmm.
0: this, I mean this needs to be talked about. Is I'm like, oh, this is when it fits really nice into my schedule. So this is when I want to have a baby. And this becomes part of it, this medication.
1: Right. So basically, I've seen the Pitocin inductions go wrong since my first case in February 2003. And so what I've done is from all of those Pitocin inductions gone wrong, I created a list of like the top, the top 14 tips to have a safe Pitocin induction. Okay. So for instance, one of them, I mean, it's simple. It's, it's, like, but unfortunately in these cases, you know, these issues have come up. Well, listen, but to, your nurse is basically running your Pitocin induction,
0: mm-hmm. okay?
1: Pitocin inductions are hard. This is a dangerous drug. This is a high alert medication. There's only 12 medications listed in the world that fit this high alert medication. The high alert medications because if they're administered wrong or mom reacts wrong, it can hurt mom, baby. And unfortunately, really, that's what happens. Yeah. So nurses have this very important job with Pitocin induction, like extremely important. And so you got to make sure one of the top tips, make sure you, there's only one of you that your nurse has that's on Pitocin. Sometimes hospitals and sometimes, okay, so sometimes hospitals will have a nurse run two inductions. That's, that is, that's, and she, unless she's very skilled, that is very, very hard to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So top tip, just, there only should be one of you on Pitocin. It's something, if you're going to do Pitocin, you need to talk to your doctor ahead of time, or you get to the hospital and you're like, hey, I just want, there only should be one. Listen, some hospitals, that's their protocol. They only have one. They only have one. So you may, you may be lucky going to a good hospital. You're good. You go to a busy hospital, short staff, something, you know, you gotta, so it's an induction. You're like, whoa, wait a minute, you know, and then you got to make some decisions.
0: You want to be the center of attention. That's what I got. Like, you want to be it. You want all the attention on it. And I think it's, this is such a heavy topic and I'm a big advocate for people not Not engaging in things that are will put their mind in just a negative headspace. And so, like, I want to even just be able to communicate to those watching that this is not to scare the crap out of you. It's just to bring awareness, it's to give you that knowledge, which then makes you very powerful in one of the most biggest, special times of your life. And that's what I think is so important. It's like, these may be scary topics but you need to know. And looking back even now it's like having two babies I'm like I was the uneducated person going into my labor and delivery especially having my first one in the middle of covid I had no idea about anything. Like and I couldn't even have anybody there to support me. And now looking back it's like I'm so grateful that you know I didn't run into any of these things go wrong but having a child with autism I'm like okay how much of these things that I went through and cuz I didn't have the easiest time with my first my first yeah. little one and he is the one that's autistic I'm like you know how many of these things you know overlap or could have played into each other and I just think it's so powerful for women to have this knowledge and feel more in control in the situation because childbirth is also one of those times that I mean you're completely vulnerable You were like, you're dependent on everybody else. You know, I don't know if you ever
1: thought about this, but it's it's like the one time where it's acceptable to be in a bunch of pain. (laughs) The the problem is, is that pain, it changes the state of mind you're in. And listen, if you don't want to be in pain, you want an epidural, then you're medicated. So again, your mind is changing your mind. So then you got to keep in mind in labor and delivery. Mom is the decision maker. Her delivery team, her doctors, they're like medical advisors. They can't do anything without mom's permission. You can't start an IV. You can't do Pitocin. You can't—you have to have consent for everything. Ultimately, mom's the decision maker, which, you know, that's huge. So, again, like you said, to have, to prepare, mm-hmm. this is what this book is, it's preparing for childbirth. Preparing yes. for childbirth so then you do kind of enter that other state of mind you still have this knowledge base. And so you can still pull onto it to make those good decisions. Because you're right, in the end, just like you said, when you hold your baby for the first time for that very first powerful moment, you want that to be special. You want it to be everything that you've dreamed of for the last nine months. As you look at them in their eyes, as you cradle them in your arms, you wanna know you did everything you could for your baby. Because yeah. again, unfortunately, I've spent the last again almost oh, twenty-one years here. We keep it saying, but meeting these families you get to have that powerful moment. Yeah. So you can have it. This book will help guide you. But then, if anything, and I understand that everybody's pregnant. I had three kids. I was pregnant three times. I was a little more sensitive and whatnot. Fully aware. So the book is. It's not scary it's not scary at all um actually i gotta tell you this quick story yes I had, a, I had a when i was writing it i was almost done and i worked out with uh, a 59 year old guy and he he was like i want to give your book to my friend who's pregnant but i don't want to scare him exactly what you're saying and mm-hmm. it was six, it was about six o'clock and i'm like you know what that's a great question why don't you read the book and tell me so his wife was out of town So I PDF'd him the book and I sent it to him. I get this email in the middle of the night and he can't put my book down. Like, he's like, this is fascinating. And by 9 a.m. the next morning, well, he's calling me. He was like, oh, my goodness. He read the whole book in the middle of the night. That's amazing. And he, he loved it. He was like, this is amazing. He's like, every single pregnant person should read this. Every expecting parent, he even brought, because he's a little older, and I think his next interaction with kids will be grandkids one day. You know, he's like grandparents. He's like, this is something everyone needs to read. Mm -hmm. And it's because it is pitched in a way, um, like I said, a lot of people call me during labor and delivery. A lot of those stories are in there. The happy endings. Like, hey, this is how I, you know, this is what I said. This is what I said to them. This is how I guided them. And it could have been a really bad, uh, you know, really bad outcome, but it wasn't we took these into consideration and whatnot, whatnot. The other part of what I do, it's more learning from it, not, you know, there's a couple of, you know, maybe sadder things, but it's very I had six, six pregnant beta readers go through it. Like, are you guys scared? You know, whatever. And yeah. they were like, so there was one part that they were a little timid. So I I, I toned it down, but they all read it and they were like, thank you. They felt so special that I had picked them to read it. And I'm like, no, no, it's you know, I'm I'm just happy that you guys all yes. this up. So right, so I'm glad you did say something about you know the importance of reading it because it's it's really not a scary, uh, mm-hmm. a scary, well, it's a scary subject. It's more That's of right. How to make sure that these mistakes and complications mm-hmm. don't don't happen. I, I would think this conversation is more scary than my book.
0: <laughs> and I think it, and that's it. It's like, I want people to finish listening because the knowledge is power in so many different aspects of our life and women, I want women, especially to feel so much more in control of their health. And it's like, there's a lot of scary words out there, you know, heart attack, mm-hmm. diabetes, childbirth, like tragedy, things going wrong. And it's so many things are preventable. And if we were able to look at what can we do as prevention instead of constantly being reactive and feeling like we're completely out of control and not able to, like, we don't have any say in the situation. It's like, you do, you have say in a lot of situations in your life. So I'm like, start educating yourself, start speaking up for yourself. And I love that you have brought up. It's like, everybody has to ask your permission. Like, this is your childbirth. Like they're there to help you. And so open your mouth and that's it this is all in any regard, like even in your relationships Like yeah. you don't have to be the quiet one and one, like speak up for what you want and what you need and what is going to work for you. So if you don't mind, if we pivot a little bit and you deal with a very heavy subject every single day. And it's like, you're a high level professional. You're an attorney. You're dealing with death. Unfortunately, you're dealing with people come to you with, I mean, their child having, you had even talked about before, it's like children end up going through some type of brain trauma injury through childbirth. And that can weigh on you a lot. And especially someone comes from a counseling background of, you hear a lot of heavy things every day and a lot of people end up feeling completely stressed out, burnt out, and you could not be doing your job for 21 years if you weren't doing something to help take care of you. So what yeah. are some of those things that you do to help take care of yourself with having such an intense job?
1: That's a great question. Um, and I do believe, you know, that there is a lot to taking care of yourself. So I, I probably do more than the average person. Good. <laughs> like, you need I, it. My, my biggest is working out. Like, I'm okay. a, I don't know if you're an Orange Theory person or know anybody who is, if there's any Orange Theory People yeah. out there, you will you will know I am a huge orange theory person, been there for, oh my goodness, four or five years? Uh labor is great. So consistent. Time. Uh-huh. And um, I love it, but I've always been like that. I've always been a big runner and uh workout person. But um massages scheduled once a month. And then mm-hmm. lately, ever since my my book came into publishing, and there's that whole extra Part of me, because believe it or not, writing was very therapeutic for me. Um, I didn't realize this at the time, but the first 19 years, um, I, I really numbed myself to this world. And, or so I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and this book was therapeutic in that the first three months when I had to go back and I had to relive these cases and these families and everything... The first three months was crying, just just crying. And I couldn't stop. Like I could not stop crying. And so that's when I knew I had been bottling it up, no matter how hard I worked out or got my massage or whatever. Yeah. So even just writing this book for me, just again, very, very therapeutic. I finally stopped crying. When I finally stopped crying, there was like this weird clarity and and I felt better. And I'll tell you, I wasn't as cranky either. Uh my, family, my family was very happy. Um, yeah probably stop drinking as much wine too but
0: anyway so those are all great things for <laughs> agree to point out I,
1: I, I do i yes i've always been a wine drinker at night that definitely definitely helps uh well just you know classic yeah um, and then um so lately this is my other one but if you guys i don't know if you guys have iv clinics where we you do, do you have, yes like myers iv mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. or glutathione um, I've actually lately been getting IVs like every other week just to keep me, keep my energy up and go, 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 That's go. Great!
0: Is so, that what you've noticed? Is it helped your energy levels? Oh, hundred percent.
1: I started getting just worn down. Um, I also have, so once I started to write this book, so I'm, like you said, very busy. Like I, what, what's time to write a book? So it had. I knew I had to ask something. So what I started to do is um, go to bed about between seven and eight, and I've been known to go to bed at five thirty p.m. Um, and I get up about three o'clock every morning, and that's when I do my book stuff. That's when I did my writing. Um, now, sometimes I get up at two thirty, sometimes I get up at two. Um, it just depends on what I just need my sleep and I go to bed. But anyway, that, I think that schedule wears me down a little bit because I don't stop. And then once dinner is made it's kind of that nighttime family that I kind of axed. So unfortunately, but, um, (laughs) I know I make them dinner, make them dinner before bed. And then my husband takes over.
0: Um, then it's bedtime, but you didn't eliminate sleep, which I think is so important. No,
1: I didn't. I just made my bedtime earlier. So yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, just altering my schedule. Um, that had to happen. And (laughs) I'm still actually doing it. Like I'm actually addicted to the schedule. I love it because you can get so much done in the middle of the night, especially when you have family and busy yep.
0: life. So I'm right there with you. And it's I talk about people with like the you're optimizing your schedule and your time. And it's like I have two little ones, and people are like, "Oh my gosh, you see me up, you know, mm-hmm. three something in the morning, four something," and I'm like, "I've been up and I've been doing things like working because it is the only quiet time that I get, and it makes a huge difference." Like. And people are just, I think, love you saying it's like, who has time to write a book? Well, it's like you found the time in a busy schedule and you didn't eliminate. You're like, oh, I had to X some things out. And it's like you still are able to have that time for your family. And look, I'm sure when you are with your family, you're more present with your family because of the way that you've adjusted your schedule to not be letting work bleed over into that time that you do get with them, even if it is more limited. Oh, 100%. Just yeah. no, my house is a complete wreck.
1: Okay. <laughs> I would say the house, the house got the house slot, Yeah, so that is yeah, my husband got. He was put in charge of that, so you can imagine a a husband keeping your house organized.
0: Yeah, uh, I can't imagine what. Yeah, but one,
1: um, one day I'll be organized. again.
0: and but that's okay, and it's just giving yourself permission to do that. And I love this is what I love right here. It's like being able to talk with just very real down to earth women is like, yeah, like we're successful. This is what success and running life and having a family and all of it looks like. But you're doing a lot of things to take care of yourself and you know the importance. And it's like that is built into your schedule, sleep, regular exercise, even being able to make sure you're getting some type of supplementation in there, a massage. Like, and it, it's OK to do those things for yourself. Oh, it is.
1: And you know what, I had a harder time earlier in life when my kids were young, and I wish I wouldn't have, because it makes, it also helps me to be able to do what I do more effectively. So yeah. sometimes I'm so exhausted, physically, mentally, that I'm just sitting there spinning my wheels. At this point, I'm just, just spinning my wheels. I go get, you know, my, my, usually my IV's coming up, I hit my IV, and I'm like, woo! Let's do it. do it!
0: I have I personally have never done that before, so I'm going to have to try it out. Like, we have clinics, and you know, I've looked at it, but it's just taking the time to go do it. But it's like taking that little hour to go do that may make a huge difference on the next Mm -hmm. week of my life. So why not?
1: Oh, yeah. No, I walk in. They're like, Gina, do you have time today to hang out? And I'm like, no. (laughs) So they'll just just make it go real fast.
0: Let's do it. Yep. Oh, I love that. So if you don't mind telling everybody like where they can find your book, what's the name of your book, which I'll post into the description. And then also where can people connect with you That would be okay to maybe ask you some questions, reach out if they need some help and support.
1: Oh, sure. Uh, So, everything is on my website. It's super easy. It's my name right there on the screen, ginamundy.com. I'm putting up um, the the first chapter of my book. So, the introduction, which is huge, it's a great story. It'll tell you how I deal with somebody who's in labor. Um, But then, chapter one, that has the those 13 lessons I talked about. I'm gonna put that on my website completely free. Just check it out. And then you can make right. your decision. If you, if you would at least know that these are the 13 lessons that you, you that you need to know for childbirth, it'll take you 20 minutes to go through them. It's not a big time, you know, not a big time thing. So I'm putting that on there just so hey, everybody, they have some information. And then if they wanna dig right. deeper you know, they could go to purchase my book. So you can do that from my Well, you, There's a link on my website, but basically to purchase the book, you'd have to go on Amazon. That's about the only place I have it up right now. I'm working and getting in other places, uh, unless you're local, then the local people all have my book out and uh, little displays because they're awesome. Um, that's, great. And that's in Clarkston, Michigan. So you go to baby loves consignment or inscribe bookstore. Um, or my, my V clinic has it too. <laughs> That's great. Everybody
0: does Amazon though. So my, it's, yeah, so everybody's Amazon, Amazon,
1: the, um, they definitely the easiest way to get it in that on my website, it will t- um, give you my email address. So to say, you don't know how to contact Gina, literally that email goes to my phone. So it's GM, my initials, GM at GinaMundy.com. That is my that's my email. So if you're reading my book and you're like, well, what's this or what's that? Or you know, you have any questions or something pops in your head or you're struggling or whatnot, shoot me an email. I want to hear from my readers. I just wrote this book. That's I, great. Wanted, I want some feedback. I want I want to know what people are thinking. Um, you know, and it's great because I was just on my Amazon account looking at my reviews and it's they're overwhelming. I have a hundred and something reviews and it's just it's overwhelming how the outpouring that I'm getting from people who have read my book. And not only that, somebody's like, Did you see your eight reviews from the United Kingdom? And I'm like, What? Yes, you that's awesome. yeah. it's all over the world. It's the United Kingdom. It's in Australia. I Congratulations. Thank you. But people are jumping on to be like,
0: whoa. This I can't wait to give it as a what, gift.
1: What you uh <laughs> That's, that's, that's when I, I just read that review the other day where they're like, it's the best baby shower gift.
0: Yep. It makes and that's what I've
1: read. I actually have like two of those, like baby shower gift all the way.
0: Yep. That's in my back pocket right there. I'm like, I'm pulling that out and giving that to the next mom that I know I'm working with a, with a mom right now that is actually working to get pregnant again. And so I'm like, yep, she's going to need this book. So uh-huh. I'm like, I already got, got the people in my head. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been completely awesome. I hope it was extremely valuable to any expecting moms to the grandmas that are ready to meet the grandbabies <laughs> to make sure that their child has a safe and healthy delivery and yes it was wonderful thank you so much for joining us
1: oh of course and thank you for having me that was so much fun great